This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, February 7th, 2024. I'm Caleb Brown. The FBI has given up a heavily redacted list of its most frequent requesters of information under the Freedom of Information Act. This list is referred to internally at the FBI as the Vexum Filer List. One name on that list stands out, the Cato Institute. And it stands out in part because the other names on the list are redacted. Much of the information requested by Cato is part of the work of Cato's Patrick Eddington. We discussed how Cato landed this dubious distinction earlier today. Pat, highly selective transparency seems like it's not really transparency. But in this one case, I had to talk to you because anytime a federal police agency or intelligence agency has a problem, with the Cato Institute, it's usually something you did. <laughs> we have succeeded in achieving here at the Institute the coveted title of Vexum Freedom of Information Act filer with the Federal Bureau of Investigation. It is our first time on the list. Uh, the list has been around for a long time, and we found out about this literally just last night uh, when our colleague, Emily Adamick, had noticed on Twitter uh, that my friend John Greenwald, uh, who is the creator of what's known as the Black Vault, which is one of the best FOIA resources on the entire web, made public the latest uh, so-called uh, FBI Vexum filer list. And this one was highly redacted in comparison to the one that was uh, put out in 2016, where they had a list of a number of individuals uh, to include, let's say, Ken Klippenstein, who's now at the Internet or the uh, Intercept, uh, and a number of folks uh, around town here in D.C. and elsewhere in the country who I, I also know, Trevor Griffey out on the West Coast and, and some others. Uh, but this time, uh, it was just a, a very one, a very short one-page kind of thing, and uh, uh, everything was redacted except the name of the Cato Institute uh, and the number of uh, in-process cases that we have right now. So it was it was pretty funny. We're sort of joking about uh, how bothersome, problematic, vexsome, V-E-X-S-O-M-E, uh, the Cato Institute institutionally is. But of course, you've been doing a lot of research on a forthcoming book that in particular looks at a lot of FBI activity related to monitoring of uh, nonviolent groups in the United States. And so to, to what extent has that driven a lot of the filings that you have done over the past couple of years? Oh, heavily. I mean, there's absolutely no question. And, you know, a few years ago, I, I did, had a piece in The Hill uh, on Martin Luther King Day you know, noting the fact that there are literally still millions of pages of FBI records, uh, you know, spanning literally decades that have yet to see the light of day. Um, and that that's what makes this kind of thing, you know, really amusing um, because, you know, we, we in the requester community sit out here and we file a request and we will often wait minimally months and oftentimes years and then wind up more often than not having to engage in litigation in order to kind of shake anything loose. And we have probably sued the Federal Bureau of Investigation uh, over Freedom of Information Act request uh, more than any you know other agency or department of the federal government uh, up to this particular point in time. And 
there are probably several reasons why they hate us. Um, number one, we tend to win in court <laughs> a lot. Um, and uh, in fact, most recently, um, Judge Boesberg uh, vacated a summary judgment that the FBI had won against us in the case dealing with our request on FBI records on the Cato Institute itself. So I have, uh, and there'll be a new search that they'll have to conduct and all the rest of that that'll go along with this. But I'm sure they hate us because we do what every other FOIA requester out there is doing. We're trying to hold the government accountable for what they're doing. And they hate that. Um, they absolutely hate it. So I treat it as a badge of honor, and it will only motivate me to file still more requests with the FBI. What is the practical impact here? I mean, we can have sort of, we can have fun with it. Uh, but to be honest, Pat, I don't really need this kind of heat right now. <laughs> but uh, we we can play with it. We can joke about it. But is there, is there practically any effect of being included on a list of frequent Freedom of Information Act filers uh, at the FBI? Oh, we will absolutely bring this to the attention of the committees of jurisdiction in the House and Senate. No question about that. I mean, we did not get any kind of new uh, FOIA reform bill uh, last year. Um, I'm, I'm doubtful we're going to get one this year. But the very fact that the FBI maintains a list like this and characterizes requesters in this fashion clearly shows bias. I, I don't think there's you know any doubt about that. So this, this should be an oversight matter as well. And, and uh, I'll be working with our government affairs team to make sure that it is. Let's talk about what generated this designation. I mean, you're, you have a book that is in process right now and should be available to eager readers soon enough. Can you describe the, the substance of it? The title of the book is The Triumph of Fear, uh, Domestic Surveillance and Political Repression from McKinley through Eisenhower. So it is the first volume of a two-volume series on the subject, and it looks at uh, not just the FBI, but multiple federal agencies and departments who've engaged in this. And at the same time, we look at the role of Congress, the courts, uh, and civil society organizations. Uh, you know, the ACLU obviously was one of the FBI's earliest targets. I'm sure it remains a target. But there were many more over the years, uh, you know, that engaged in First Amendment protected activity. The NAACP was frequently uh, labeled a communist or communist influenced organization by the FBI, even though their own reports from their own field offices showed that that was not the case. Uh, that was J. Edgar Hoover's very vivid uh, very overactive imagination. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's kind of a monster project still ongoing and FOIA, uh, the use of FOIA and FOIA litigation has been absolutely essential in helping to tell that story because what we're doing here is we are essentially uncovering still more of the secret history of the United States. And, and until we manage to peel back most of those layers, we're never going to have a really good sense of just exactly how bad it's, it's really been in terms of, of domestic surveillance and political repression. The Vexum Patrick Eddington is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you please. And thank you for listening.